say one of the greatest joys of being a modern horror fan in this era is the sheer amount of content available to us at the click of a button. While I miss the days of my youth at the video store on a Friday night, if I could show the 10-year-old me that I was able to stream every sleepaway camp for free, on my phone, mind you, I would have shit my pants. Horror fans remember the struggle of having to wait to see movies that they had only heard stories about, excited that this week may be the week they could take it home, only to return to the video store to see the movie case with no tape behind it. The struggle was indeed real. Now, we have so many options it's intimidating. The beauty of having a collection so large is that we're able to go back and see the movies that made the genre we love, The Stepping Stones. That's the case for today's film. George A. Romero's legendary 1978 zombie flick, Dawn of the Dead. This is the quintessential zombie movie. It's the one that wrote the rules, died for the sins for the rest of the flesh-eating dead so that they could live on forever on the silver screen. This was also the first time George used special effects legend Tom Savini, and this was the powder keg that kicked off Tom's career. This film reaches farther than horror. That's because of Romero's ability to make large statements in his movies without being preachy. Being loud and subtle all at once. It's hard to do. There aren't many that possess the skill to insult their audience with brutal honesty while at the same time winning them over. South Park would be a great example of this. Each of their episodes finds a way to take current news issues and turn it into a metaphor that smacks the audience in the face. And they love it, because the statements are right. Very Romero-esque. Folks, we got a lot to sink our teeth into on this episode, and we are beyond thankful to have you here with us. So, without any further introduction, here is our take on Dawn of the Dead. Welcome to the Sloppy Horror Podcast. I'm your host and your scary movie companion, Christian Ramey, and back again for another week, clapping them cheeks, the best producer in the whole wide world, Mr. Ozark Mark. Ozark Mark, what say you? How you feeling this evening? Christian Ramey, I'm okay. I got a fresh coating of uh, dog piss on my face, but other than that... My dog did pee. And How got... does that happen? I understand. Look, your dog has happy peas. I get it. But it, I guess it was flinging its shit around and somehow it came up in my face. But some sort of liquid hit my face moments ago. So thank you for that. Other than that, I'm okay. But it's dog piss. You know what I mean? It's sterile. That's different. Like if a human pissed on your face, mm-hmm. it'd be a little different. But dog piss is like, all right, let me just wash this off. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. There's different levels of piss. That you get get your own piss on you. That's like water hitting you. You don't care about that. Mm-hmm. Piss on yourself all the time. Nobody worries about that. But dog piss and then you got human piss. So that's what's going on in my world, Chris Dramey. But anyways, let's talk about a great movie that we got lined up for you boys and girls. Can we tell them about my world real quick? Oh, I guess. Sure. Okay. Sorry. Go ahead. I had 250 milligrams of THC before we started this show. We will see if said edible kicks in before the end of the show. Let's get wacky. Well, I, I think we should be okay. But we'll see where we go, folks. It's about to go to the moon. Mm-hmm. 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 Anyways, what are we talking about today, Christian Ramey? Well, what we're talking about today, we're talking about... The, our first George A. Romero movie we've covered, I believe. I don't know if we've covered any of his. 
We've covered zombie movies, but I don't think any George A. Romero's. The Godfather of fucking zombies. Dawn of the Dead, 1978. Is this a sequel to something? Yes. So, um, really quickly. Educate me on that, please. George A. Romero came up in Pittsburgh. It's that Pittsburgh scene I told you about. The guys that did the the makeup work on, on From Dusk Till Dawn, Greg Nicotero and the Walking Dead guy. That was the apprentice to Tom Savini. And Tom Savini was the makeup guy for George A. Romero. These are all Pittsburgh people. Well, when George, he made a movie, Night of the Living Dead, 1968. It was, at the time, just considered super gory and and didn't reach a whole lot of people. But the lead character was black, and it was shot in black and white. And at that time, people weren't putting black dudes in movies and, like... Not as normal dudes. Like, they they portrayed them horribly. And, like, he just treated him like a solid, just normal dude. And it started to get picked up in other countries, and it became a blockbuster, right? So George, like, every 10 years, he's like, man, I'm going to start cranking out zombie movies. Um, and, and he had shorter gaps in 10 years, but this was exactly 10 years after Night of the Living Dead. Now, it doesn't... It's not a sequel in the sense of, like, same characters, but... Same world of just zombies. Um, So the great part about this is, well, I I guess we'll give them a quick synopsis because it's really not that hard. People are very aware of zombies. And I'm pretty sure if you guys aren't familiar with this movie, you're like familiar with the story because everybody from South Park to like, there's all kinds of people who have like shadowed this. Plus there was a remake later on in 2000s. This was the first zombie movie to take place in a mall. So, like, when you think of being in a mall with zombies, like, that's a thought people have had. That's, like, kind of a cliche within the zombie world. That came from this. That came from this. And so what we have is the start of this movie, we're pretty much seeing, like, a news reporters and shit, and everybody's arguing about how they're going to handle this situation, and the situation is the zombie situation. And... It's chaos. Everybody's freaking out. I thought I think that's one of the best parts of this movie that they portray. Um, they portray a realistic zombie thing, uh, like how the world would react before The Walking Dead. Like The Walking Dead is applauded because, hey, man, this, this is what people are going through other than the zombies. Like it would be hard to, and that's kind of cool. Like you know, okay, this is entertaining. Yeah, how the hell would you? Eat? Where are you gonna stay? All right, this loop, loop me in for a couple episodes. Well, same with the movie. I think this was the first movie to like. Well. I don't. Th- it's obviously not the first usage of zombie, the word, because there was like white zombie with Bella Lugosi. It's just the uh, he created what we know as zombies. Like they're they were something else in other movies. They were more of like voodoo creatures brought back from the dead, like Weekend at Bernie's style kind of people. Uh, whereas he gave us the flesh eaters. He gave us shoot them in the head. He gave us that whole kind of thing. So I'm sorry for the explaining him more than the story. But anyways, these people escape the news station. A couple people do. They steal a helicopter. I mean, it's the news helicopter. They're not really stealing it because nobody else really fucking wanted it except for bad guys. And uh, they take off. They're trying to find just a place they can hide up. They refuel a couple times and eventually they see a mall. And at this time, malls are new. Like, not shopping, but like... 
uh, shopping centers like that uh, because the 80s and the 90s were really the peak of malls. You remember that. I mean, I miss them so much. They're so cool. Yeah, malls are malls are great. And uh, I'm telling you, like, <clears throat> I think everybody loves this movie. I think our generation, is the, are they going to be the last people to really appreciate this movie just because of the mall itself? Because malls are almost extinct. Literally. They're literally almost extinct, at least around here. I think there's one or two good malls left. Yeah. I, I, Amazon is fucking everything up. But I guess you would equivalent it to now in a zombie apocalypse if you were held up in an Amazon warehouse. It's kind of the same thing. But that a mall is like the perfect place to hide out in a zombie apocalypse. It's I so I you wouldn't would, even be mad. No, you would have so much fun. You have everything there. It's such a great thing to fantasize about and watch. You know what I mean? Like, oh, what would you do if you were in a mall? by yourself with a zombie apocalypse like you know i mean they do everything of course they first they stop zombies from getting in and then they kill them all and then they just go have fun and then they make go shopping and make their own little living quarters and all that just have fun man and it's always fun to watch yeah dude so you know i don't i don't mean to keep referencing the walking dead but the walking dead had a lot of popularity and did very well but i'm saying they kind of fire or they followed a Bible that George A. Romero kind of laid down. And they didn't have to. But it, this was serious. Like, there was like a, even though there was a bunch of funny moments, and then eventually it was made kind of uh, tongue in cheek, ha ha ha, like laugh parts. But the intensity between the humans, that was real. Oh, there's some that, real serious parts in this movie, too. It that's goes, real. It goes, it's a roller coaster. It goes up and down, up and down. So, uh, yeah, continue, please, with your synopsis. They hell up in a mall. Well, <clears throat> what I was saying with The Walking Dead, too, um, the way that they... You remember when they, like, took over the prison and they took over places, they would, like, clear rooms and things like that? A lot of that started from this. They tactically cleared out <laughs> a mall, and, they, you know, they, they were smart about it. Like, there were so many situations in this where they were super smart. It's not one of those horror movies where you're like, why would you do that? There's a lot of it where you're like, man, I, I actually feel every, even like uh, Roger. Roger's a character who's kind of headstrong, and uh, he eventually gets himself killed because he, you know, his ego was too big. He didn't think he'd get caught up like he would, and he did. But even then... It's like, I still feel him. I would have probably been cocky like that too. Like maybe, maybe not as, but just I, I feel it, man. You're on a roll, bro. You just killed a bunch of zombies. This is life or death. Like everybody's depending on you. Like you don't want to be solemn and this will do it. <laughs> no, you want to. Let's get it fucking done, man. Yeah, like, let's go. I'm, let's go. I mean, you hit the jackpot in this place. Get it done. <laughs> get it done. <laughs> Man, uh, and so uh, eventually throughout time, it does not go great for everyone within the mall. There's just four of them, but eventually they get company, and that's also a thing on Walking Dead. You know, they have the prison, then other people try to come take it. Well, that's one of the things that you would forget about, honestly, in a zombie apocalypse, because you're worried about zombies and trying to get a place to be safe. But once you find that, there's going to be other people. And people that's are gonna, worse. That's going to take your shit. Like, no rules. There's no rules anymore. Like, they are. if they see something you they want, they're going to take it and try and kill you. And that's the thing I would be most worried about, honestly. Like, if, if you and me were in this situation, once we cleared them all, I'd be like, all right, how are we going to defend this place? Because there's going to be a big group 
of Outlander somewhere. Somebody else, some other group is going to come to this mall and they're going to find it. Yeah. And they're going to want it. And I wouldn't trust a soul. I wouldn't trust a trap if they, I wouldn't bring anybody in. It's like, nope, this is our shit. You, you would literally in. have to like metal barricade the doors and park cars behind those doors. It would be to the point where people are coming in; they're literally blowing out a wall to get in. And yeah. then at that point, I don't know, hide. Yeah, make wait till they get comfortable, mm-hmm. and then like you know, take them out the game. Yeah, take. Shut up, cat. <laughs> Your cat's in heat, dude. <laughs> dude, that's the worst thing ever. <laughs> This cat don't shut up, dude. It's no. it's so bad. I know. We, we're taking her to the doctors this week, and, you know, you try to be nice to a cat, and this is what they do to you. You know, you <laughs> save them, and then they're just like, yeah, I'm going to go and heat. So, Ozark Mark. Yes. Here's a little tidbit that it, it could have been saved for what do you know, but it's just such a fundamental part that I didn't want to just only have it after that. Um. Dario Argento, we know him very well. Suspiria, great score. He used Goblin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And they, they had a uh, Jalos had a style, right? Obviously. Well, George A. Romero goes to make this movie. At that time, nobody's helping you out to make a damn movie like this. Nobody. Nobody wants help. Nobody wants to help. So. Dario Argento was like, if you make this, I pay. I I pay for. I go. I I pay too. I I want to be a part of. You know, I was watching an interview with him, and dude, dude, put his money behind it to help George put this movie out. So that's pretty badass. Like to think, I don't know, man. We referenced an Evil Dead. How like there was the Wes Craven poster in the basement, and then obviously in a Nightmare on Elm Street, he she's watching Evil Dead in her room. Usually, like, people coming up at the same time within the same world usually beef with each other and, like, other things, like music or, like, you know, I don't know. People get jealous. Like, you, I don't know. Just the way that people help each other out in the industry is pretty sweet. And Dario Argento is obviously a legend in himself. So that's kind of cool to think, like, he helped George to make this movie out. So... I don't know. I, I wanted to get that out of the way because that's a good structure point to how they got this whole thing made. And, dude, it was brutal. I mean, it took a long time, and it was a cold winter in Pittsburgh. But, bro, like, George A. Romero was, like, pimp daddy in Pittsburgh, dude. He had mad clout. Like, he, everybody wanted to help him out. As soon as he, like, put the word out, most people were working for, like, nothing. Next to nothing. And, like, the zombies in this, there's so many. And they're, and they're, they're so irregular. They don't all match, which kind of makes it weirder and cooler, that, like, the longer it goes. Because sometimes I, your brain doesn't register it as normal. Like, whereas now, like, when we first saw a Walking Dead zombie, you're like, whoa, that one crawling next to Rick. I'm sorry this happened to you. <laughs> you remember that? You know? Um but, you know, the, the first time seeing that's shocking. But after a few seasons, you're like, okay, I know what these guys are all about. But these dudes, you're not like, if it's your first time watching this, you may laugh at a couple, but then you're going to see some. You're going to be like, yo, that's kind of, that's different. That's interesting. Well, these zombies to me are some of the scariest zombies. I don't care about the decapitated ones. Like, for instance, the ones in The Walking Dead, they're decapitated, they're stupid, they're not smart. These zombies... In this movie, have still have some sort of memory. 
Yeah. That's what draws them to the mall. They're like they're down to like primitive instincts. Like they see something. You and, and I they're... would be down here just like grabbing yeah. the mic. <laughs> yeah. Like for instance, when uh, Flyboy Roger once mm-hmm. he turns into a zombie. Steven. Or sorry, Steven. Yeah, Steven. Sorry. My bad. Flyboy Steven. Once he he dies, he gets it. He gets eaten by zombies. What's the, what does he do? He finds his way down their makeshift wall. And goes up to their living quarters to try and get them. The little subconscious in his brain. Yeah, there's a little subconscious in these brains. And they start, there was one where a zombie picked up a tire iron and broke the window. Yeah. Those are more scary zombies to me than just dumb brains just walking towards you. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely, dude. And I don't know how many episodes we've done thus far that have had Tom Savini's work. Um, I mean, he says that he prefers the maestro of makeup, but like he used to go as like the Wizard of Gore. Mm-hmm. I like that more, man. The Wizard <laughs> of Gore. That just you, sir, are a Wizard of Gore. It just I don't know. It sounds so cool, but he obviously had a, a lot of help because he wasn't able to do everybody's makeup because there were the, the sheer amount of zombies, the sheer amount of people making this film, but. I don't know, man. Like, could you imagine if me and you, like, went to make a film and we're just like, yeah, we need help. And just the whole city's like, we got you. I guess so, man, because you're going to have to have a big budget for this one. You need an entire shopping mall to be emptied. He was just friends with these people. And just, and fuck up the mall. And then you have to get semis. Then you have to get a helicopter. And then you have to get all these people, like, all of these extra people to do it less than nothing to be zombies and just walk around for days on end. Dude, you know, so much fun. You can tell I, whenever any of these people are interviewed, if you listen to them interviewed about it, they all say it was just so much fun. And you're like, how could it not have been? Yeah. Like, how could it not have been? Because they were all, even though Ken Foray, uh, I mean, the guy who played Peter, the great actor, he's been in so much stuff at this point in his career. But at this point, he was just, you know, just a young and, you know, coming up actor trying his trying his hardest and he crushed it bro Dude, he and crushes, all of them are like he, it. he crushes everything he's probably one of my favorite horror actors of all time he's gonna be up at the convention this month too man he's we'll check awesome him out. man joe grizzly bitch <laughs> i'm telling you i t- i walked by because i didn't get a picture with him one time but i just turned my head and i said i'm joe grizzly bitch and he went <laughs> all right. <laughs> yeah. He pulled like the cool old guy. Yeah. All right, now what's going on, Punas? <laughs> I right. love him, man. It's like, are you in uh, <laughs> uh, the Devil's Rejects, the chicken fucker scene? Are you accusing me of taking these chickens, <laughs> cutting their head off, and fucking them? <laughs> <laughs> He's, yeah, he does just have such a way. And I love the dialogue because this is 1978. And I love like people had a, a more trusting nature in, in the old times because it was just like, <laughs> even like if people were uh, mean to each other, it was just different. Nowadays, we're so literal. We're like, fuck you, you piece of shit. What, like, everything's a lot more. That would be, if you said that in the 70s, people be like, whoa, man, you're getting out of line. Why don't you calm down? You don't want to act like a pickle. A pickle? What the fuck do you just call? I'll beat your ass, you piece of shit, you know? Whoa! Hey, partner, why don't you take... People just had a different way of talking. So when you watch these old movies and Roger's going crazy and stuff and he's freaking out, he's like, hey, man, are you straight? Hey, you know what I mean. 
both of our lives are at stake right now, man. <laughs> I need you to be straight. <laughs> like, have you ever said to me, like, yes, sir. <laughs> he could tell me to do anything. Like, they yes, just sir. talk plain, you know, yeah. right to the point. Hey, you know what's really funny? So all four of these people go up in the helicopter, and they're not all, like, BFFs. Like, Steven is, like, pretty simpy for the for Franny, the girl, mm-hmm. and she's Prager's. Is it Steven's? Or is it somebody else's? I don't know. I assume it's Steven's. But, like, I don't know. I it's don't know. Steven's. Okay, so it's Steven's. I don't know. It might not be. And then there's Roger. So they're all different. Like, when they're going up in the air... They, uh, Franny says, I'm leaving friends and family behind. Uh, what are you leaving behind, um, Roger? He says, an ex-wife. Somebody else said, like, I, I forget what they said, but just pretty much listed the people that they're leaving. And <laughs> they asked Peter, and he says, my brothers. And then, like, everybody was thinking it, right? Everybody was thinking it. Like, what does he exactly mean, right? And then, like, the next scene, she just looks over. She said, so those brothers, are they street brothers or real brothers? <laughs> what? I don't know. But it was such a real honest question because, like, you didn't know what he meant. Dude, it's like, yeah, yeah, <laughs> Street again, brothers it's... or real brothers? He said, both. <laughs> it's 1978, man. So there's going to be a, a a buttload of nostalgia in this. That I mean, you know, it's just funny to watch and fun to see. Um, I'll tell you what. You want to? Hey, you want to know what guy cracked me up? I straight up lost it when they first go up and try to get into the helicopter. Cigarette guy. Yeah. Oh, I love that guy. Cigarette guy. He's getting some out of the truck and then some guy they're talking about taking a helicopter he's like hey man he's like i ain't taking nothing now i don't know how to drive he's like we'll be stuck he runs forward and then he runs back he's like we'll be stuck (laughs) he said did you say (laughs) we're all gonna try to go to the island he says what island any island (laughs) (laughs) and he leaves and he's like y'all got any cigarettes (laughs) <laughs> and he, he looked around and he says, hey, do you guys got any cigarettes? <laughs> no, nah, man, sorry, we don't. And then they go up, go up in the air and they all immediately yeah, light, light cigarettes. cigarettes. That part's a nice little like, yeah. I like when they're leaving <laughs> on the boat. He's like, anybody got cigarettes? Can we stop and get some? <laughs> <laughs> I can't, where are we going to get cigarettes? That guy is a great character. Just random randomness. I, I love it. I lost it in that. But... Uh, I yeah. thought, I like Tom Savini's character too, like as the biker, has he, like how he came in and. Um... Mm-hmm. Yeah, I loved him in that. I like how he has a mustache comb. <laughs> I need one of those. I know, man. And this... next next episode, we gotta shave him. Just gotta do it with mustaches. Okay, just stashes. Yeah, just stashes. I'm telling you, if I only grew a stash, but I just let it grow, I would look like. Dale Earnhardt. My, <laughs> like, it would cover, like, the bottom part of my face. I would look like Yosemite Sam. Just... <clears throat> I'll start just collecting, like, dream catchers and, like, commemorative plates and shit the longer my mustache gets. <laughs> Mark, how, how you doing? I'm doing fair. You know, I, I don't really appreciate all the politics in this goddamn movie. Uh, I'm looking for a good, wholesome picture. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I like Tombstone. Sometimes the wife and I like... Big Bang Theory, if it comes on television. Mm-hmm. That Sheldon fella seems to. <laughs> what store 
What store would you first go to, Christian Ramey, once you clear them all out and you're going to get something? What, what state s- are we in? Our state. What what just the not like not in the spe- not a specific store in the mall, but like what type of store would you go to? Would you go to dispensary. a clothing store and get you a sw- what if there's not a dispensary? Um. Well, then I can solve that problem later. I can find seeds. Like the the great part about that is you can like harvest your crop, so that wouldn't be a huge ordeal. But uh, dispensary would be definitely cool. Um, that is a good question. I guess it would really all depend on the situation I was in. Obviously, if somebody was hurt, we'd have to get medical stuff, or if like you know we were freezing. No, I'm just talking about all right. Everything's good now. You like you cleared it out. Everybody's fine. What store would you go to first? Oh, like a Suncoast or an FYE. I'm just getting high as shit and watching some movies. Okay. I'm just going to watch some movies and forget everything else. And, you know, it's like, you know what? I don't care what's going on, guys. I'm I'm just going to hang out in here. I'm watching, I'm watching Dunson checks in. All right, everybody <laughs> fuck off. Okay. You know? Fair enough. I feel like that would be my escape. You remember when Flyboy was sitting in that, like, little mocked-up living room? I think that's why he was doing that, too. Um you know how they do in Ikeas and stuff. It looks like a mocked-up room. like, And he was just sitting on a ch- you know, a couch or whatever, and I think that's what he was going for. Just like, man, I just want to feel a little bit like I'm at <laughs> home somewhere. Yeah. But they were so smart, man, because they went in through the top, and then they like kept their top ground. But what they did was they built a wall at the end of the hallway. Like They literally hung drywall yeah, and like, was, made uh... studs and like just to trick them so they wouldn't even think there's a door or a way there. Yeah. Like, that's so smart. Yeah, well, Peter thought of that, too, because he wants, you know, in case anybody were to come, he wants them to not have that hallway exist, which is brilliant. Um, yeah, but keeping your high ground, just keeping the f- simple fact that the zombies can't get to you, even if they got in again, because there's a higher chance they're going to break in again some way, shape, or form. Or you forget one. You know, that's always a thing. Like that one popped out of the store. He thought he was a mannequin. <laughs> the zombie noises in this are always hilarious. Yeah, and, and you know, it's... <laughs> I think directors nowadays can take notes because even George A. Romero says like I was making a, a hard statement against like people can't get along like he says there's no enemy until guns start going off you know like that's no one can agree no one can put their bullshit aside everybody wants to be right everybody fights and then it's all about like what materials you have I mean it's like right in your face but it's subtle you're not thinking that the whole movie it's not like beating you in the face like you're a horrible consumer. Like, it's not doing that at all. It, it it's greatly represents it, and it doesn't feel like it's some preachy message on you. Because it's a good movie first. Like, you have to have a good movie first for your point to work. Because, I, I mean, I don't know. Some people really like kind of preachy stuff. and Or even, like, political music. Like, you know, like American Idiot or something. Like, I, I've never been into, like, political kind of music or, or movies or anything. Life's too serious, man. I, I, a movie like this is so much fun. Like, like that picture behind you when they're wheeling Roger in the cart and he's just shooting people. That's, that's fun. <laughs> yeah, that's just is. good fun. <laughs> yeah, man, shooting zombies. I like the nostalgia of the paint as the blood. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, and there's some there's some little disturbing things. Like they got pretty gory with them zombies eating body parts. Now you could tell they're fake, but they look pretty decent. They look pretty decent. How about the zombie getting his head cut off by the helicopter blades? 
That was cool. Yeah, man. That's a, that was a first, and I, I just like that they thought of that. Um, even there's even intense parts that like make you think, like Peter when he goes and there's two zombie kids like trying to bite his. He's just kicking them away, but he can't shoot them. You know, it's even more fun too because uh, back in these times, people didn't question things. Like you immersed yourself in the film, and like you just weren't aware of like how movies were made and things like that. It was mystifying. Yeah, the gun sound effects. Uh, <laughs> he always there's always they always did it twice like he, you see one shot i guess it was because they missed the first shot but pew, pew, pew. like there's a gunshot going off and none of them are firing it sounds like rambo right you know it's, it's so fun and i i don't know man like this is honestly i think a movie i mean I'm not trying to get too premature on your uh, parental guidance but i'm stating like i i would so watch this with kids because it's funny like Everyone can understand this concept, and it's not like these zombies are necessarily... Like, the intelligent part, I agree with you, but that's because you are smart, and you're thinking of, like, dude, if these people infiltrate... But, like, per se, a 12-year-old, this is funny to them. This this would just be straight comedy and fun, because you really... There's hero aspects of it. They are good friends. I mean, tell me Peter and Roger... They're a little, like, kind of bromance them two together. They're a c- cool squad. They were a good team. Steven wanted to be a part of it. He wasn't what Roger and Peter were. Like, they were clearing the mall. Like, they went through, raided all the stores together. Like, they were a fun time. Those two were funny. Did tell me that uh, when they were first clearing out the building uh, before they got to the mall, before they even left, they were, like, clearing out this, like, Section 8 building or whatever. And there's some colorful language expressed by one of the cops, but we won't get into that. But anyways, when they're in the basement and that preacher with, like, one leg comes out of nowhere. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, what? Don't fire at these. I forget what he says, but he's a little... He, that's, like, the scariest part of the movie when he comes out, man. That was freaky, dude. Mm-hmm. That was super freaky. I guess they were smart, too. Like, they were smart because they built a wall. They were smart because they got weapons. Eventually, Dude, I would have cleared that entire gun store out. All of it. Yeah. One, because so I can have it all uh-huh. and just go on the rooftop and shoot zombies for fun if I needed to. You know what I mean? Or target practice for people. Or just because of the fact if somebody does come in, I don't want them to have more guns. You know what I mean? But that's just me. I'm always on the defense. Yeah, I would definitely be thinking about food. Like, all right, what's going to expire first? What's going... Because you got a lot, and they still had fridges, so it's like, all right. Right, but there's another thing I question. It's like, why are they putting all of the zombie bodies in one of the walk-ins? Like, there was, like, tomatoes in there and things that could expire. Like, I agree with you. I would have threw them bastards off the roof. Yeah, but the problem is getting them to the roof, I guess, if there's not an easy access. I would have put them outside somehow. Like, I would have distracted the zombies away from an entrance and just fucking thrown them out or something. Like, I would have kept them outside. I wouldn't have kept them in there. Yeah. You know, especially around the walk-in food because, you know, I mean, that's the food it's you're like going to take It's like the last first. place I want it. Yeah. That's the last place I want it. Yeah, that didn't make sense to me, but, I mean, I guess, you know, whatever. It's a movie. Can't get too deep into it. You can't get too deep in it Christian. I like how they went to the bank and they just stole money anyways because they're like you never know <laughs> dude I would have done it too yeah fuck it man so they're playing poker with it up there and stuff like, like with big money yeah. like $50 <laughs> a chip like you know each card like damn I would have wiped my ass with $100 bills just so I could yeah do you think at any point you know Franny was thinking like these dudes are gonna try to bang me 
No, because she was pregnant. I know, but like after all this. Like eventually. I don't know. Would she have thought, like, which one wants me the most? I don't know what women think, but probably. I think that might have crossed her mind. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying, like, if it was you and three chicks, you would be thinking, which one am I going to bang first? <laughs> <laughs> which one's most likely? You know what I mean? Like, in, like, a survival situation, you know, you're like, uh-oh. If you were, like, single, you know. Yeah. Because she wasn't, like, all the way with Flyboy. It was kind of like, he was pretty simpy for her. Yeah, they had some problems. They had some problems. He definitely wasn't the alpha male of the group. He engaged her in a zombie apocalypse, and she still said no. Like, if there's no other time. No. Like, the, the world <laughs> has literally... No one will know. No. Only we know. <laughs> and she still says no. Yeah. Yeah, that's... Man. Chris Ramey, I love this movie. I want to find out more about it. You want to see? Yeah. What we know? See, I did the boom. I could do boom too. See this on this in this segment here, we do the boom on this side. Boom. Rest in peace, John Madden. Yes, boom. What do you know here? This is a segment here where we're here to tell you something that you may or may not know about this movie. Now, if you know what we know, you already know what we know. We're gonna know together. But if you don't know what you know, you're about to find out what we know, and then you're gonna have a weenogasm. Everybody's gonna have a weenogasm and you're gonna explode everywhere. Like Christian's dog did on my face with his pee. Urine. Yes. Urine trouble. Yes, it was bad. It was bad. But anyways, I'm over that now. I'm going to tell you something that I may or may not know about this movie. Now, blow my brains out here. Now, if you're familiar with this movie, we haven't, I don't think they talked about this scene yet, but uh, at the part of the movie, okay, there's a bunch, there's a biker gang. Okay, a bunch of people on bikes. Okay, these fellas were not very nice. They came to take over the mall exactly. and take over Peter and the gang. That's you? correct. Yes. So these bikers, they had a shit ton of bikers, right? Oh yeah, there was now, like these bikers, hundreds. Yeah, <laughs> these bikers, they weren't actors. Okay, George, this guy, he was loved in Pittsburgh, right? right? So once he told the locals that, hey, he's like, I need, I need some bikers. I was looking for a gang of people, and then a biker gang showed up by the name of the Piggins. And those were all the bikers. So just real people. Just those come. were real people. They're not actors. This was just real people going around. I imagine that was like presented to them a lot like moving. Like, hey, we got pizza and beer. And you're like, ah, how much do I want free pizza and beer? How kind am I? Honestly, if somebody approached me, he's like, hey, you guys want to roll around in this mall and uh, fake kill zombies? Bro. Today? Be like, yes, please. Oh, that's crazy. I didn't think about that. that like, yeah, you want to f- roll your motorcycles around the mall? <laughs> and ju- yeah. <laughs> and, and have a fake shootout with people and kill fake zombies? Yes. That sounds like a f- freaking uh, carnival game or something. Like something that would be here at a carnival. I would love to do that. I would do that for free. I would pay to do that, honestly. That sounds like a lot of fun. Yeah, that's a lot of fun. But that's my fact here. What do you know about this? i tell you something, Ozark. Okay. I'll tell you something. Please do. You know how those boys were talking about that helicopter scene? Yeah. The zombie got his head cut through. Yeah. Well, look here. Tom Savini, special makeup legend. Let me tell you how he did this here. The wizard of gore. Of gore. So what they did is they made like a... They put like a foam piece on top of this dude's head, right? And uh, 
the way that they did it was there was like a fishing string or a line on there. So pretty much somebody was out of the frame and they pulled it and it looked like it like, like kind of flew off like a frisbee. They went back in and added the helicopter blade scenes. Like obviously it wasn't spinning when he did it, but his head still came off obviously because they pulled it yeah what well, he had tubes going up the back of his neck and it was spraying blood everywhere looks pretty crazy if you That's... go back and watch it with that knowledge you're gonna see it and be like i mean it looked cool without knowing that now i even know that that's even cooler it is it's just the thing people are out of the frame like blowing like whoosh, like that's... blowing blood out of there that's not how i imagined that they did that but that's that's creative as shit it is that's amazing wow you know, Tom, he's a, he's a legendary guy, and obviously, I mean, he was a Vietnam photographer. He, had, he went to Vietnam, and he was taking pictures of, you know, obviously pretty ill shit. And he said he just wasn't able to do it unless it looked like the real thing to him, like with, with bodies and gore. So, I mean, even in the burning, you remember with the finger slicing, like they had to trim that movie because it looked so real. Yeah. Uh, and he says he gets real mad at people when they let their jaw, like, in movies when they die, and they keep their mouth together. He says, that pisses me off. It's not real. <laughs> he says, because your jaw opens when yeah. you die. So um, he's just a legendary guy. And I really urge you guys to look deeper into his work if you guys aren't familiar with all of it. Tom Savini, effects legend. Stuff like this is what makes movies uh, watchable these days. He's a guy that cares about what he does and take pride in what he does, and you can appreciate that. Hey. 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 You know anything else here? You know, I don't think so. Well, that's fantastic. I think that's it. What do you know here? Okay. Mr. Rosark, Mark. Now that we are throwing a lot of love towards Tom Savini, um, <clears throat> really quick... We may have discussed this story. We may have not. But I want the listeners to know. So, uh, uh, Tom Savini, when he was in high school, he did a lot of plays and shit like that. And he did the makeup for his friends and stuff like that. He, he was into it, but it was more of like the theater aspect. He was an actor. Well, George A. Romero, in that town went to that high school uh, to look for talent. He was looking for a young actor. And he picked Tom Savini for a movie in a role. And the movie never got made. But George said, you know, I'm going to keep your number. You know, we'll stay in touch. And whenever I work on something, I'll have you help me out. And then Dawn of the Dead came out. Or, I'm sorry, uh, <clears throat> Night of the Living Dead in 1968. But Tom Savini got called to Vietnam. So he wasn't able to work on that. And George just said, you know, get home, and you know, I, we'll work together. I'll see you later. And their first movie, Back Together, is this, Dawn of the Dead. So thing, it, Tom is very critical of the blood because it, it looks like paint. And he says, if I can go back and change anything, it would be the blood. But we didn't have the recipe. So we often talk about, like, Tom Baker, or I mean, uh, Rick Baker and Tom Savini because they did, like, American Werewolf. A lot of the movies we watched that were in the 80s, even early 90s. But before them was Dick Smith. And Dick Smith did, like, The Exorcist, and he was kind of like... He's not the godfather, because I'm going to give that to Lon Chaney, but he was a guy who taught people how to make blood, how to, to cast heads, how to do all that stuff. I mean, his classes are still taught today. But 
Tom said I didn't have all of his knowledge because he says back in his generation, like nobody now, if you want to be a makeup guy, I mean, yeah, there's schools for it. Tom has a school. There's TV shows like Face Off dedicated to people doing cool effects. You see it all the time on social media. Back then, you wanted to learn how to make fake blood. Where are you going to find that out? You don't have the internet. You got to find a book. You got to, I mean, you literally had to hunt people down and, and like his passion for that kept him going so then eventually down the line that's when he met greg nicotero and he was helping him out doing creep show and stuff like that it's just a small world but it's so cool man how people because you know they're underpaid for this oh yeah what's 100 percent? so you know they're not like that it was a lot about their passion and um <clears throat> even if we made horror movies now they established established a genre and made it cool there's like a conventions and stuff. There weren't conventions in 1978 for scary movies. I tell you this right now. You were an oddball. <laughs> oh, you like those kind of pictures, huh? <laughs> so, uh, and what's really funny too, I also urge you guys to go look up a, like interviews with George A. Romero. He's since passed away, but he's like such a sweet guy. He was super funny. He's one of them dudes that like you wish was your grandpa. He's just so funny. And um, I don't know. He's just a sweet soul. I was happy that I got to watch a lot of his movies because you would think, like, man, this dude's making zombie pictures, eating people apart, like all the flesh, uh, <laughs> rendering of flesh. You think, all right, who is this guy? I mean, even Rob Zombie's like a nice guy, but you picture he's going to look like somebody like that. But he's not. He's just this old man and, like, big brown frame glasses and a sweater vest like ah, that looks cool what do you guys want to do should we have him jump or you know <laughs> he just wants to see cool stuff yeah and apparently he is always remembered by his cast as an or as a director who always wanted input like he would always ask you like, Ozark, what do you what, what do you think? Where are these guys gonna come in from if they had to bust in through the stairs? What, what what's gonna go on? And he would ask everybody, like the guy delivering packages on the set that day. He would ask him. He wanted everyone's hand in it because he knew it makes a better project. And I think his movies kind of feel like that. They're moving pieces. There's so much background noise and real noise. There's so many moving parts. There's so many moving parts, but that's what makes them so great. It makes them a lot more believable, like even in this situation, like in this movie. Yeah, it's old. The effects are kind of corny. It's definitely an older movie, but you can get lost in it. You can get lost in it. But, Christian Ramey, that's that was a great uh, little intellectual speech you had right there. But we need to figure out what this horror movie rates on the Sloppy Horror Podcast rating. It's time. Sloppy Horror Rating, baby, yeah! Bingo, a bango, a bongo. Welcome to the Sloppy Horror Podcast rating. This is the segment here where Christian Ramey is going to rate this horror movie on his horror movie scale. Not a regular scale, but a horror movie scale. Now we got some big news here. There's going to be a little change in this horror podcast rating. Okay, so pay attention to my little instructions here. We're going to do this in a series of four categories. Three of the categories are worth three points. Last category is worth one point for a total of... Ten points altogether. That's right. And he's doing a fantastic job with the Price is Right style, you know, Dawn of the Dead VHS. What a gem that is. But enough of all this malarkey. Let's get into the first category here on the Sloppy Horror Podcast rating, and that is casting. Okay, casting. Yes. Yes. 
everyone worked really well together, even though they're not big actors. Um, I feel like Ken Fourier's one at this point. I want to give this one and a half. I feel like it's right in the middle. It's just enough where it doesn't piss you off. Uh, they're obviously, I, I don't know if it's some as the limitation of it being bad acting or just bad dialogue and script being wrote in at that part, or maybe the accumulation of both because it's just not meant to be serious. But, um, I would say a one and a half. It's very strong acting from the four. Uh, the, the four did amazing. But there's just so many people and so many zombies, so many bikers, so many news people where it's like, okay. We, well, they, it, you're, 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 you're in this movie for really the situation more than the acting itself. Uh, I mean, you know, Ken obviously is the shit, but, you know. I'd say he's a one point in itself, and the other people are half a point. They're no names. <laughs> I feel you know that, what I mean? dude. He's so good. So that's one and a half. I'll agree with that. There's not fantastic award-winning acting in this. You know what I mean? So, And you only got four of them, so you can only score so high. So that's one and a half out of the first category. Let's go on to the second category here in the Sloppy Horror Podcast rating, and that is Kills. Mark. Kills. Yes, Christian Remy. I don't know... Like, how to, like, give this anything but a three? Like, and if if so, talk me talk me off the ledge here. But, like, let's look at this, dude. Like, because we're not just talking zombies. We got people. And there's just a wide variety. There, like you said, there's people getting eaten. There's helicopters taking heads off. There's people being shot. There's people being hit with mallets. There's people being thrown off balconies. There's people being hit with cars and trucks. There's so much death. I don't even know... You can't get a count on this. No, like, I don't, I'm not sure. But killing zombies is always going to be creative. That's it's like, like one of the most creative kills things that you could do. It's uh, a buffet there of are, killing. There are human kills too. Okay, uh, but the the helicopter one's awesome. I don't know, man. I would go. Uh, I don't know if I agree with the three. It's just uh, there, hard. there's a high volume. Mm-hmm. Um. I, I would say two and a half. Okay, give it two and a half. Don't give it a three, uh, because I mean they're not. They're all. There's a large variety, but none of them are super duper spectacular, except for the helicopter one. I think the helicopter one is the most be- is the best one, but it, it's a lot of gunshots. And I'm thinking and of the impact, like the impact too at this time frame, because. Um, Mark, let's look at our big pictures in the 70s that come out before this. So we got like, let's just say The Exorcist, The Omen, all right? Um, and, and let's look at the gore. Let's look at Halloween and look. let's look at Texas Chainsaw Massacre. A lot of the gore in those movies were very much implied. It's not implied in this. It's shown, there's heads being blown off. But because of that, Tom was brought on to do Friday the 13th. So, like, without this, there wouldn't have been the birth of the slasher boom. I feel good with two and a half, but a lot of that, you know, guys, this is a lot as impact, too, because this was so gory for its time, and it was something so different that people that were into making horror pictures there, it got to a point where makeups uh, effects people became the star of the movie. They would put them on the bill just as big as the actors. And people, oh, Tom Savini, did, oh, I'm going to see this. Oh, Rick Baker, I'm going to see this. So, well, I tell you what, now that you put it that way, wow, 
it's got to be a three. Okay, I'll agree with you that. I'll give you that. All right. I mean, in comparison to like Texas Chainsaw or like right. Halloween, where it's like there's murder, but it's really implied. Yeah. This was in your face for 78. It was. So uh, we're very much, because of the year it, it was in and Savini and so. It all makes sense. Yeah. So that's four and a half out of ten after two categories. Gordon gets to go into the third and final three-point category here on the Savvy Horror Podcast rating, and that is fear. So you're not going to be really afraid at all. Um... I, like, I want to give it a half a point for the fear of people. Just for the fact that, like, I think people feel safer with the zombies. Like, I think it's easier to accept, like, all right, like, we're holed up in a mall now. Like, uh, we could get used to that very easily. Like, all right, me and my wife are going to stay in the sleep number store. You guys can stay over there at the Serta store. And, <laughs> you know, we would uh, we would very quickly get used to our environment. It's the people showing up that would scare the shit out of me. Like, people are smart, and they're going to come in here and try to get our compound. They're going to try to get us. So I think there are thematic elements in this. There are suspense-building scenes. I mean, it's a horror movie, and I can't give it a zero. So I'm going to give it a, a half a point because it's not terrifying at all. But it does get you going on the edge of your seat, your heart moving at parts where you're like, get the hell out of there, man. Go on. Or you're very immersed in the moment. So just for the fact that it's able to grab you a little and, and, and take you on a journey, that's a half a point. But there's nothing you're really, you're not going to turn the lights on, and you know, in the hallway. You're like, oh, no. better keep the light on tonight. No, no, no. Okay, so that is five out of 10 so far here on the sloppy horror podcast rating let's go on to the last category here in the sloppy horror podcast rating and this is a new and improved category okay you can give it either a zero christian ramey a half a point or a full point this is the last category here for its one point it is rewatchability I like this change uh, because you're right. I'm not really going to spend a lot of time talking about movies I don't fucks with. Exactly. So, so you got you got to do something that's more. And if it is a newer movie that I'm talking about that I don't fucks with, I think that will be very relevant by the end of our episode or end of my rant on it. Um, so rewatchability, Ozark Mark. Uh, yes, times a hundred. This is a feel. I don't know, man. This is just sometimes you're looking for a good movie to throw on something just uh, like this. I love old movies. They honestly, not as like, yeah, man. It sounds better on vinyl, not in a hipster kind of dorky way. I just prefer older movies. I just like the pace of them. I like the way people talk. I like that everybody smokes. Yeah. I, people make me laugh more in older movies. Oh, than absolutely, they do now. absolutely. <laughs> they're characters, man. Yeah, they're uh, they these these movies are getting better with time. I think. I, I agree, man. Like so, wine. Yep. So that's six out of ten total for Dawn of the Dead, nineteen seventy-eight, here on the Sloppy Horror Podcast rating. Wow. What a rating. Wait, so you give it rewatchability as well? No, you just do it. No, let's Yeah, you eat. did. You just gave it a point. You got it. No, it's a half a point. I want to know from you, too. All right. I, I, oh, yeah. I'll, Let, let's do it that yeah, way. Yeah, I love this movie. I'll definitely rewatch it. This is a fun movie to watch. Okay. It's great. Because I think, too, because I'm going to come into certain movies like uh, uh, 
certain movies I'm going to have, like, yeah, man, I'm going to rewatch and you and be like, oh, I'm good with this one and done. And I think that's a very valid answer because not everybody's like the nerd about it. Some people just like horror movies, man. They don't want <laughs> Sometimes you see one and that's all you need to see it. So I think that's fair, man. Cool. Six out of ten. Wow. That is a fantastic rating for this movie, I think. I think it's very logical and it fits. At the time, I don't think it was made as a FUBU horror movie. But now, this is definitely a for-us, by-us horror movie. Um, I'm not going to say, I don't want to mention Tom's name again. But just like, A, you got the work from Romero and Tom on there. But a, a, a buffet of killing and zombies. And you could see how the lexicon of zombies and the everyday vernacular, like how everybody talks about zombies and knows what they are and the situation. This is where it was built. This was the foundation that kind of built the house. And it's a good one. It's not like flimsy, like, oh, well, this is a spin on an old shitty movie that can No, this is like a solid foundation. You could modernize this for every generation because let's think about it, Ozark Mark. What just happened over the last two years? Traveling sucked for everybody in the world, things like that. Why? Pandemic, a virus. This, I mean, that's that's a thing that's, I mean, there. No, there's something like this is never going to go away. This is always a fear. Yeah. It, you know, whether it's virus or if it's actual undead or something like this could possibly happen. So it's well, always fun to watch the situation and see what people would do. And then, you know, visualize yourself in it, too. Well, Mark, it's not uh, an official Sloppy Horror podcast episode without you giving your parental guidance for all the parents and babysitters and older siblings in the world who need to know about how old you need to be to watch this movie. So let's hit the music. I missed you, mister. Mr. Mr. Rosak. Tell him if you're old enough how old? to watch that scary stuff. Shit. For the parents who give a... Wow. Every time. Every time. It's a lot of fun. And I, I, I have a lot of fun with that. Ozark Mark... Um, for the folks that don't know, quite simply, he is not a parent. So actually, I think that makes it easier for him because I think a parent will have more bias if they're a horror nerd or if there's some like real, I don't let my kids watch television, you know, one of those kind of people. So as a person outside of the box, a kid under your care, you're not going to let them watch something that's going to destroy them. So they go back home and be like, look, look what Uncle Ozog let me watch. <laughs> you don't want to do that, man. So you're just trying to make sure everybody's even Steven. So you got some kids in your care, birthday party, Ozark Mark, Dawn of the Dead's on. How old can you be to really view this without being messed up? Well, man, I don't know. This is kind of... This is kind of weird because, like you said, it's a half a point on fear. Um, but there are some graphic kind of situations in here that are kind of disturbing. Like, the zombies do eat flesh, and there are some gory parts in here. Like, the part where they're all just in the cage and going, Ugh, and eating, like, legs and limbs and stuff. Mm-hmm. That could fuck up the wrong person for a little bit. Um, oh, yeah. I, even the opening when they're, like, clearing that building and that dude just bites her, like, clavicle. Like, yeah. just the meat right there. And, and they're not, and they're, I mean, they're so normal looking. They're like, Ooh. so, I don't know, man. Zombies can freak people out, or especially kids. Uh, I'm going to go with uh, eight. Honestly, eight's good. Eight's eight. good. Eight's good. The, the cheesiness of the movie, the old movie, will probably surpass 
uh, you at that age. But if you're younger, you don't know what the hell you think move anything in a screen is real. Like, you know <laughs> yeah. I mean? So the older aspect might make it more look like it's an effect. Yeah. That you're like, yeah, what is, what's going on? <laughs> <laughs> yes. So I'd say eight. I think you'd be pretty safe. Eight's a great answer, man. Thank I you. like that. Thank eight you. years old, folks. Dawn of the Dead. You got kids. Eight years old. They should be pretty safe to watch it. So oh yeah. There you go. There you have it. Oh yeah. Mark. Mark. You know what's really fun too? I mean, I know I kind of briefly mentioned it, but such a great part is the opening uh, scene between like the doctor and like the talk show like news anchor guy. Because that was real, man. Even though they were on opposite ends, like you kind of felt both of them. You're like, man, I. They're having such a real conversation because the scientist dude's like, you have to kill these people. He says, dead, all, all the dead bodies are going to get up and they're going to eat people. And the people that they eat or, or the people they kill are going to get up and eat people. There's nothing. You need to remove emotions. No, that is the most realist thing I have ever seen, honestly. That conversation will happen. Absolutely. If this were to happen, it would be split, just like the world is split on almost everything. The world freaked out about if this sweater was blue or gold and shit. People lost their minds over that. Dude, they would lose it if this ever happened. So that's very realistic. I like how they showed the rednecks, too. They're like, they're probably having a time oh of their life, God. and they were. They were. <laughs> Those rednecks were great. They're just sitting there drinking beers and like, hold on, I got this one. Bam. Oh, man. Especially if they were slow. You know you'd have some fun. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, some of them are kind of fast, like some of them speed up a little bit, but for the general part, they're slow. I like when the ones were stuck on the escalator and they couldn't stop spinning. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like they were like spinning in a circle. Yeah. <laughs> that was realistic. It that was, was cool. It was. Yeah, just watching the zombies will make you laugh, man. Oh, this is such a great movie, man. And I'm telling you, this is a classic. Uh, this is such a fun movie to watch. I really hope that if you've never seen it before, even the remake is pretty good. It's the same presence, but nothing nothing compares to this original one. I mean, mm-hmm. this is such a good time. Mm-hmm. Such a good time. It is, and honestly, might be my favorite horror movie of 1978. Ooh, well, that's a bold statement there, sir. That is a bold statement. It it is, man. And I, you know, I love Halloween. I do, but uh, just this, I I don't know. It, it's a good movie. I whereas like my Halloween's a great movie too, but there's a totally there's that aspect, which are slashers, you know, and I I love that, but this. Which is strange, man. Like, at the crux of it, I am not a huge zombie guy because some people are huge into the horror because they're you know, they love zombie stuff. They love The Walking Dead. I don't think the zombies at the top, but damn it, George A. Romero's movies, I love them. Eventually, we'll cover Day of the Dead, and Day of the Dead is after this, a few years after, and it's kind of like the scientists and the military people that are shackled up. Just as fun as this. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of fun. Yeah. So... And even Return of the Living Dead, the Dan O'Bannon's, the funny one. Get a hold of yourself, Frank. You know, that that kind of stuff. Send more cops. <laughs> I do like zombie movies, man. I do. And this is, uh, for most people, especially like the older generation, if you said a zombie movie, this is what your parents would think of. This is what most of, you know, that this is the top of the list. So, folks... We did not mention our Patreon thus far, so I do want to let you guys know if you're looking for bonus episodes and a way to support the show, 
Um, a website is up sloppyhorrorpodcast.com. Check out some merchandise. Uh, that's greatly appreciated. Ozark has been working his ass off designing shirts. And keep checking back every week because I'll be putting more and more on there. Exactly. Exactly. I got great ideas here. Yeah, and, and we're really excited because we're working with a you know good stuff, a good website, good things to get the merchandise out. Because yeah, if you've ordered before, it's gonna be a, a lot better than your last experience. I can I, I can tell you. Well, that. it's just because we're not running a sweatshop. No, and we tried we, to run a sweatshop and all this, and we know we cannot simply cannot do that, and we realize that we're not good at it. Yeah, and honestly, so, even with we we've, we've had help from some great people and we really appreciate that but these people are still on board and we're moving with the different uh distributor things should be really great um so check out their shirts and seriously the patreon i know it's not for everybody if you guys made it this far on the episode it shows that you guys are good fans and we really appreciate you if you only enjoy our free content and all you do is like and follow us throw some comments on the video that means the world to us we really just care if you are entertained but I know sometimes when uh, we're all fans of something, because nowadays you can't go into movies, so you can't go in the mall and buy your favorite CD or your favorite movie anymore. You got to find a way to support the people you like. So I, I got a couple people that I do that with too. So if you guys are looking for that way, it's patreon.com slash sloppy horror. And there's all kinds of little bonus episodes. We talk about scary movies or whatever. We, we, we jump into all topics on there. So our last Patreon episode, uh, Christian Ramey tackled. The top 10 scariest movies of all time, according to Rotten Tomatoes. It was quite interesting to hear his take. It was hilarious, too. He got pissed at, like, most of them. But... I was yelling. Yes, yes, I was yelling. But if you want to hear that, you know, just a small fee, help us out. And, uh, of course, and uh, along down the way, we're going to have special offers of merch to only Patreons. I can tell you that. Yeah, and all the uh, the underboss members, if you come in as an underboss, you get a free candle anyway. So. Woo! Ooh, those are good candles. Can- they are, man. Those it's are called- great candles. I want to eat them. <laughs> so, uh, can I give you guys a little bit of tidbit for next week? Yes, what is the hint, Christian Ramey? I've next been waiting week for the hint. is going to be the most controversial film we have ever covered. You and I both like it. You and I both like it. All right. Um, it happens to deal with a character who was introduced to us in 1978. Okay. Well, that is quite interesting. I have no idea what the hell it is. Actually, I do. I just don't remember the, what the list said. But that's looking forward to, boys and girls. Thank the you so much. movie came out in 2009. Okay, shut up. All right. Thank you for everybody. We, it was a pleasure to see you again here on the Sloppy Horror Podcast. But unfortunately, our time is up with you for now. But we will be back next week clapping them cheeks and uh, keeping you company. Hey, if- you guys. You guys crush whatever you're doing this week. Have a good time. Watch a scary movie. I'm telling you, you won't regret it. You heard it from your scary movie companion and the best producer in the whole wide world. Mm-hmm.